up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Real Estate Podcast, episode 252. I'm here with Griffin. I'm here with Trav. I'm here with Adam. This week we watched Bad Bugs. <laughs> Bad I mean, Bugs? Big Bugs? Bug. <laughs> um, this is the final foreign film February film. Yep. And uh, what what a film to go out on. Yeah. Am I right? <laughs> Holy Whoa. shit. I don't even I'll, know where to start. Well, I'm going to start with the aesthetic of the film. Right? Looks great. I love how everything looks like a pre, like a pre Fallout like game. The 60s. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. The it colors. looks like the. Yes, it looks like the '60s. Me, if George technology Jetson? advanced. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that was like I liked the aesthetic and everything, mm-hmm. and I liked a lot of the actors and the. It was like. These people wanted to fuck. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like. What was that you texted me, Trav, after you watched it? You said they're too horny to make movies? The French? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was horny. I agree with that. 100%. Because, like, dude, these people, like, I mean, the one dude just wanted to fuck, you know? Uh, The ex-husband shows up, of course. The neighbor like yeah. everybody has a sex a sex arc, you know. Yeah. Well, a sark. Well, it sucked because the whole robot invasion, the whole thing with the the Vonix or whatever, that was just in the background. Like that wasn't a oh, big, yeah, big deal. Oh yeah, it was just a bug. Yeah. Well, it's a big bug, but it's just a bug. Yeah. And then, like, I mean, that should have been like I understand what they were going for, yeah. right? They were they. You know, I completely get that the whole idea was like, we're going to have this be something where it's like, you're going to have this really weird, like family drama slash comedy with this, like they're stuck. We need them to have a reason to be stuck in this house. Mm -hmm. And like the reason that they were stuck in the house was really cool. The traffic jam. Yeah. Like the traffic jam and then them locking them in the house because the the threat level outside and all this kind of, all that stuff. But there was almost a full circle to like our month here because we started with a movie about a bunch of people trapped in one location. Yeah. Yeah. um, Even an old bar. Yeah. Damn. It, there were parts of this movie that were hard for me to, to follow just because Whenever someone would go off into some sexual philosophical like thing, I was just like, eh. "Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna chalk it up to French Romanticism, I guess. Yeah, if that's right. what you want to even call it. Uh, but there were moments where I kind of trailed off like with my attention, but yeah. then like like Homo Ridiculous was hilarious. Oh though. yeah, that was like that one of the best parts. The way that it opens. How- yeah, like it was, like 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 you like you were saying, Griffin. The aesthetic of this movie was really cool. Like I, I, I like like you were saying, it had a very pre Fallout, you know. And then you know, it it even had some Fallout beats along the way, where you know, as the movie went on and on, you know, certain characters that seemed nefarious or not, like were expand, you know, expanded upon, and. uh it just, I don't know. It's its a weird movie, that's for sure. Yeah. And I was expecting weird 
yeah. because like this dude come you know city of lost children all those kind of stuff but like yeah. i mean and that movie was genuinely weird and funny and like you know there the, it was <laughs> it had a much better story yeah. and it was very interesting to watch play out you know mm-hmm. this was like I don't know. It feels like it. Somebody pitched a television series or a, or a season of a TV show, and they're like, "I think this would work better as an hour and forty five minute film." And they're like, "Well, how do we like? How do we throw all of these different relationship dynamics into this movie while also making the threat very apparent and like, may like because there's so much going on. You've got." the the robots at the house that are like trying to figure out if they're human or not yeah 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 then you've got the new with the the creepiest shit in the world uh running around melting everything and like burning books yeah oh yeah yeah and then you've got all the relationship stuff that's going on and it's like it feels to me like someone wrote a television script and then tried to condense it down as much as humanly possible into under two hours. What made it feel like that even more was like when they would be watching a scene and the camera would just pan down and fade out. Yeah. And then it would just pick up somewhere else. And it's like, okay, I guess that would have been a commercial or something. I don't know. I mean, well, it had like, you guys are talking about it. It had very, had very sick comedy vibes for sure. Now that I think about it. Yeah. But it's, uh, you know, it, it was very, and it's crazy that this released on Netflix. Yeah. Like, I would never have, like, pit, like, I don't know, man. It's just weird that it's on Netflix, you know? Mm-hmm. But it well, was su- it's, super Well, it's, it's, it's proof that... It's proof that going out of your way, because, I mean, we can't, we're not going to really get anything out of it, but there's a particular advertisement that circles through YouTube that a lot of content creators use that allow um, people to uh, have access to parts of Netflix that are region locked. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if this one was particularly on, like, available for the Western I Netflix. watch it on Netflix. Okay. Well, you know, it's it's just weird that this movie didn't get default, a whole lot of... It's in English. You have to go in and switch it to French. Really? Yep. By default. Because when I started French. watching it, I was like, is this not subtitled? And then I pulled the, you know, the settings up, and it was like, oh, weird. Because it said this, that the original was French. Yeah. But just by default, set the English. That's interesting. Yeah. But yeah, it's, I, I, either way, though, I still, I don't recall a whole lot of marketing. I know we, Just we found a, a couple of the, yeah, a couple of trailers, like in the, uh, the trailer dive that we take. And that was really it. Like, so I'm, I'm, I haven't done a whole lot of digging on this after, after my, my viewing of it. So do y'all know what the consensus seemed to be with it? Cause I feel like it's probably a meh film for the internet. I feel like it's a hard one to to really have score a demographic because, like, the movie just you know, despite yeah. the the charm and quirkiness of its visual, yeah, it was still Kinda very meh. you know it's yeah it was 
it was can you find love in a futuristic world or like you know let's fuck i know the stuff yeah. that i thought was cool like the like the way they were living you yeah, know with like, the the ads that come around and play and it was a little whoever yard did the uh, and... whoever did the production uh the set production for this movie they need to be hired to do the the fallout property oh, yeah. whenever it goes live action yeah they're doing one or, i think at uh is it amazon they're doing one somewhere yeah i know I, I, I know for sure it's been tossed around a lot i, I won't say we've even reported on it i think i saw it yeah. had a budget of 13 million well euro yeah yeah 13 yeah do y'all want to hear some of the Rotten Tomato reviews? Yeah. All right. So fuck Rotten Tomatoes, first of all, right? Yeah. Because, like, they're fucking anyway. But I'm just going to hit some of these reviews here. Uh, more exhausting than inventive. Dishing out a few good ideas about domestic life in the not-too-distant future amid jokes that tend to play like relics of the past. Um, and then this guy said, uh, here in a vision of the future so broad and cartoonish that it makes the fifth element seem like Solaris by comparison. Jeanette's 10 eared comic <laughs> instincts Damn. are front and center almost for almost two full hours of singularity driven shtick. Um, and then this was a favorable review here. A tougher, smarter film than American sci-fi cinema buffs are used to seeing. What? What? <laughs> like, have, like, does Blade Runner not exist? Let's just skip over that one. Yeah, right here. This is with its Frankenstein stitching of sci-fi satire and sexual farce. Big Bug trades the humanity and longing found in Jeanette's uh, best for ceaselessly finger-wagging CGI-heavy spectacle that's intermittently engaging but often exhausting. If he wasn't punching down with that commentary, I would have agreed with him. Yeah, right. But it, it, it's a down punch. Like I, I feel like some of the... like the what 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 was it earlier on he said like uh, a mix of uh something and farce um let's see it was like damn it um it says sci-fi satire and sexual farce with its frankenstein I mean, is i mean the, one could argue that that maybe it was what dude was going for because of how ridiculous this version of the future is. Yeah. But All right, here's, here's another thing. wrote it during the pandemic. Yeah. They even put a little COVID joke in there. Yeah, right. COVID-50? Yeah. Yeah. Einstein. This is, a, this is a favorable review, and I'll move on. Big Bug is a highly binary film. It's very much a love it or leave it kind of thing a highly specific combination of dystopian sci-fi satire and locked-door existentialism. Personally, it pushes my buttons, as it were. I mean, the the awkwardness of, like, the shots where they'd be like, we're talking to the head Vonics leader or whatever, and he's like, you know, vote for me, and you see, like, the 
you know, the fucking dystopian shit going on. Yeah. Yeah. Like that that stuff to me was kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Just because it was very off putting. That was the because thing. This the, movie, the cool because shit that it was, was like, there. They didn't go well, into that more. Well, it went stuff the other that way. was, yeah, stuff that was creepy like that, but yeah, there was still so much color in the shot, like very, like, you know, very like high contrast, like very bright, a lot of like bright colors. Yeah, and I mean, I understand what they were going for, and there's so many like. There's so many different ideas and like, I guess opinions or like, I guess satire would be the best way to describe it. There's so many different things that they're trying to like nail down and like, it doesn't really hit any of them. If that makes sense. They just try because to do like, so many. Yeah, exactly. Like if they would have locked everything down to like, okay, we're going to do something that's like, it's going to be about, you know, being in lockdown, right? Yeah. And 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 that's gonna be the thing. Or it's like, okay, it's it's the contrast, like I think Travis was saying where it was like it's gonna be this very bright and very colorful place when you're at home mm-hmm. and in this like you know, suburban area, but whenever you see the rest of the world, it's real doom and gloom and like, you know, how does your surroundings play into like how it affects you how it affects your personality and and all this kind of like there's a lot of different things that they could have like taken that idea and just ran specifically with that one idea. And I think that they would have came that it would have came out as a better film in my opinion. Yeah. But yeah, you know, it's the, just um, the the house spot. Yeah. You know I'm talking about. So the, all this time, even after seeing the commercials, I mean the trailers and then watching the movie, I thought that was the mom from Hereditary. Looks like her, doesn't it? It does. I thought it was her until I looked it up, and I was like, "Oh, that's just some French actress." Like, yeah, she really looked like her, though. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man, it was just like I was picking up what he was putting down with the, like, whenever um he told them all, he's like, "All right, I'll turn the the air on." Well, y'all got to be on the yeah. episode of the show. And then he's got them. He plays a video of what we did to animals. Yeah. And then, makes, and then the joy on his face. Yeah. That's what I think. Every time I see those videos of that, uh, that robotic company with those damn, you know, they got the little dogs and then they got the, the robots that are moving boxes and doing the obstacle course. And they're every, kicking them yeah, over. Yeah, every time I see those videos of them kicking them, I'm like, motherfuckers gonna remember that shit, man. Like, forty years from now, they're gonna be like, yeah, motherfucker, you know, because they don't forget. No, they're dude. all tapped in. Well, especially we're uploading footage of us yeah. doing it. <laughs> it's like what? Those are the people that's gonna go down first, you know. And then they didn't really go into that anymore because I was like, well, someone has to be. A person has to be, you know, at the top of this. Yeah. Like making yeah. this happen. Because, like, why are they programmed to. Yeah. I mean, the you know, the bot was the government. Yeah. It's just like, it was I, all I get what. Place. It was, it man. Was I get what the they were going for. Too much damn. Time, like, like I said, it was like it was a TV show. Yeah. 
It might have worked and better as a TV show. I think it would have, dude. Yeah. Well, you would have like, time to flesh all that out. Yeah, and really saw how, like, because realistically, they were only locked up for, like, what, a day? Yeah. Day and a half? I mean, could you imagine if they did this as a series and it was, like, uh, the over the course of, like, weeks or months? Yeah. And it's, like, them, because that's the thing that they're trying to hook you with is, like, they're trying to hook you with the sex, right? Yeah. But what we really want as an audience, well, for the most part, is like the fucked up drama that comes with all this. It's like you've got the man and the woman, they got a divorce, he's banging his secretary, you know, and she's way younger and, way and argue, arguably more attractive, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And then you have the daughter that was adopted, you know, and they like that right there, that dynamic alone with he, her and this dude that she's like kind of seeing but not really seeing yeah and them all locked in the house like that enough in and of itself is enough drama to sustain a film like this mm-hmm. if they would have made it instead of trying to make it this weird like sex comedy and if they would have made it more of like a sci-fi like almost horror film yeah i think it would have came off as a little bit more genuine if that make if that's makes sense that makes like sense. To me, it would have anyway, because you could really like explore these relationships and like what caused the relationship between those two people to fall apart. Yeah. Like, I don't think that was explained, was nope. it? So, and then you see why the the relationship between the the main chick and the dude that she's like seeing or whatever, like he was just faking everything just yeah. to get some pussy. We got that right? from the robot looking at him. Yeah, she yeah. took the little thing and was like, "Ah, right, he's not, he's not about it. He's just trying to." Get yeah, laid. yeah, yeah. And then we find out, like, okay, so the neighbor lady that you would assume would be the the annoying neighbor lady yeah. that really wasn't all that annoying was banging her robot sex son, whatever. I, I don't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's so that got super weird for a second, you know? Yeah, and it's I don't. I mean. It's like the son she never had, but she's like in love with him and she's banging him. It's like, this is, this is too much, man. It's weird. Yeah. I, I, a I lot of potential with a story like that, but yeah, when it went off. I was just like, ah. yeah, I could take it or leave it. You know, I mean, I thought it was, you know, it was what it was. It was fine for what it was trying to be. But, um, I feel like it fell short in a lot of ways. Yeah. It's crazy that like this was on Netflix and it was in English by default. By default. That's nuts. You had to go in and change it to French. They're really banking on like, I guess sex sells. And let me tell you, if you thought it was goofy, the voiceover. Oh, (laughs) I can only imagine. Like that robot's voice. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I might want to have to watch it again just with the just with the voice like probably the made it better. <laughs> right? It did yeah, feel like dude, a soap opera. Like a It it did. All of the like oh, they're standing in the closet talking and sweating and and I'm just like, what? And then he cuts the air on and there, and there's icicles already forming. 
It's like yeah, right. And just was a, a little, matter of hours. Uh, the, the the robot was kind of a little on the Nazi side. A little you bit, know, yeah. Coming there, book burning yeah. and yeah. All these Could fine, you imagine? like that's against the law. He's like, I am the law. Yeah. I mean, but think about it though. Like, how much more interesting would it have been if, like, the the AI that controls the house goes full hell on them? You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's no physical representation, and this robot is like doing these, performing these weird like social experiments where it's locking certain people in certain rooms together yeah. for extended periods of time to force them to interact with one another. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, because that's what the, 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 the maid, the yeah. house bot, she was constantly learning shit. And it's like, how have you not learned all this already? Exactly. Right. Like, it's kind of, someone yeah. would say a word and she would pull the definition up and yeah, she's like, like a download. First time you ever heard that? Like, why? Yeah, and right. then you kept having this thing where her, and the other robots would go in the other room and be like, all right, we got to, uh, you know, yeah. like they had this thing they were planning that never went anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they thought that they like the, I guess they were afraid that the fucking they'd be obsolete. family. Yeah. In a and, house well, full and, of obsolete tech and the house looked like a museum. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Obviously, it's a family I'm, that doesn't get rid of the old tech because she still had her little kid robot. Yeah, yeah. I'll help you clean your room. And when they connected <laughs> that old computer to the internet and it got online, I was like, bullshit. You can't yeah, do right. that. Yeah. The browser's out of date. <laughs> it won't work. Yeah. You can't fucking, you can't download Chrome. Oh, she all she cared about was going on her little trip, but then by the end of the oh. movie they leave. You know, young young hot girl leaves with the other guy. The family's yeah. back together. The kid jumps out of the car. These drones show up. Yeah, and, right. And, and fucking kill the bot. And then they're like, uh, everything's good. Yeah, everything's fine. And it's that scene was funny as fuck where he was in there like on that computer doing some shit. And then he was like, the guy cut walked in there and he accidentally hit that button. And he's like, fuck. Yeah. That was kind of funny. I laughed about that shit, but it definitely had some funny. Yeah. Spots, but I mean, dude, there was a scene where she was like being spanked. Yeah. And I was just like, what? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like off-putting, no. But it kind of was. Why? Yeah, I mean, she was like what did that super add to the. Yeah, I don't know. Like, but is everybody there really that horny? I guess, dude. Or is that that's just his commentary on people? I think that's all they care the, about. The, well, I think the commentary that he was trying to make is like, when everybody went into lockdown, they didn't have anything to do but fuck. Yeah. I mean, but really. See, during our lockdown, you know, we were just sitting at home. These motherfuckers were being held hostage. <laughs> exactly. I don't think yeah. I'd be worried about fucking in their situation. Like, no, not at all. I don't know, dude. It's fucking nuts. <sighs> yeah, I'm a half star on it. 
Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I'm I've got to give it the half star treatment as well. I, I mean, don't think I've seen a, a, a review like a score over uh, fifty for it. That makes sense. I mean, it was Something. it was either too smart for me or too dumb for I me. Don't know you know that? Yeah, I don't know. And like twenty year old me would have loved this. You know, it would have been a like to me if I would have watched it when I was 20, it would be a cult classic thing because of just how ridiculous it was and how, you know, sexy it was. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, it might be different these... if you go back and see it a while, but now that I know, yeah, it's kind of that thing. I'm just waiting. I was like, all right, it's going to get good any minute. Checking yeah, the, the time. Last last ten minutes yeah. is like we got to wrap all this shit up real quick. All of it, and you like, know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like Jesus. So, yeah, I got to give it the half star treatment as well. Yeah, I think everybody has. Yeah, right. Like the only thing and, it has going for it are just a few. Like I've seen clips online where people have taken the scenes, like the dogs at the beginning and. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. But I think this is going to fade into obscurity, you know? Man, there might be a reason why it's on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, right? Yeah. Well, we'll get Trav's uh, Trav Star when he gets back. What you feeling? He's going to give it. He might give it an O Star. He might. I got a feeling that Trav's tonight. gonna give a half star. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> all right, so first up on some movie news here, we have Tom Hanks reunites with Forrest Gump team after three decades wow. for a new film. So he's teaming up with his former colleagues, Eric Eric Roth and Robert Zemeckis for a new project. Um, The trio first came into the union for the 94 Best Picture winner for Scump, which starred Hanks, was written by Roth and was helmed by director Zemeckis. Now all three are going to work together on Here, an adaptation of Richard McGuire's novel of the same name. The project has very recently gone into production and is reported amidst the films being eyed for distribution by major studios and streaming services. The film will see Hanks, Roth, and Zemeckis essaying their respective creative roles from Forrest Gump. For that film, the trio went on to win Academy Award for Best Actor, Best Adapted Screenplay, and Best Director, with the film winning in a total of six categories. Here was originally published as a six-page comic strip in 1989. McGuire then went on to write a 300-page illustrated graphic novel on the original, which was published in 2014. Here is regarded as one of the most successful and groundbreaking comic strips and is known for its unique approach towards short-form storytelling. The six-page strip depicted the story of a room and the events that occurred in that space at different points in time. The strip became famous for interlocking panels to depict a timeless and ageless story wherein hundreds of thousands of years intertwine uh, with each other, 
breathtakingly manipulating time and space in a single location. The novel was an expansion of the strip and would be the one that Roth will adapt for the screen. Just like Forrest Gump, here we'll go forth and back in time, but way beyond the 30 years span that depicted the character's life in the former. The film is set to be produced jointly by Zemeckis's image movers and Hank's playtone, thus making it a more cordial project for both as they will also ex- execute joint duties as producers. So I've never heard of that comic strip. No, it's called here but, a six page comic strip. They're going to turn into a movie. Well, it was a six page comic strip in 1989. Yeah. And then they did a 300 page illustrated graphic novel Based on book that was published in 2014. Okay. Yeah. So, and that's Book's pretty got good reviews. 90% yeah. like the book. So, and that's, uh, that's like pretty... gotta be in his 70s. Yeah, right. I'm DTW. Yeah. And, like, I'm looking at some of the, the panels here, right? Uh-huh. So it's very interesting what, what this dude was doing. So I, I'm going to... I'm going to drop this in in general here. And this may give us a glimpse into maybe how the how the film will be. So as you can see here, you've got so this same room mm-hmm. and you've got the time, you know, the the square with the two people sitting on the couch is like 1988. what 1988, yeah. And I'm assuming that what's happening in the rest of it is either modern day or, you know, 19 fucking like 97 or whatever. A flashback or a... Yeah. So I think what they'll do is they'll do this really unique way of, of storytelling where maybe it'll be almost like a fixed camera perspective. And yeah, as it you spins, know, you see what's going on around it. Yeah. Like I see this other has, one where somebody's putting up a thing on the wall. I'll put it on. It's the same. The same uh, room. Yeah. But like there's kids mm-hmm. on the floor. You got that going on over there. Yeah, you know, over there in '83, there's somebody putting the picture up. Yeah, that could be cool. Yeah, it, it would be really cool if it was like a fixed camera and these little pop-ins happen, where it show it tells the story of what happened, what all this space has been through, and like how uh, how it's. Talk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's kind of a genius idea, you know. Um. I think that they could do some really creative things with that. So, and then Hank's associated with it and going to star in it. I mean, that could be. Yeah, he's he's been in a couple. Yeah, he's been in a couple of good things, you know. So, next up here, John Carpenter discusses Escape from New York threequel. Backs Wyatt Russell a snake pliskin. So, John Carpenter has discussed the idea of ever bringing the proposed Escape from New York sequel, Escape from Earth to Life. While discussing the project with fandom, Carpenter revealed what he believes the movie would look like if it were made today. And even backs the idea of Kurt Russell's son, Wyatt, taking on the iconic role of Snake Plissken. But what would Escape from Earth look like if it were finally made today? So according to Carpenter here, depends on the story, Escape from Earth was kind of Snake Plissken in a space capsule, flying interstellar. So there'd be a lot of special effects in it, which I never cared to cared about too much. Uh, but that's what it would look like. 
While Carpenter says he does not care too much about special effects laden movies, the idea of Snake Plissken in space sounds like nothing less than cinematic, cinematic majesty. Co-written, co-scored, and directed by John Carpenter, Escape from New York, the first installment in the franchise introduces audiences to Kurt Russell as ex-soldier and current federal prisoner Snake Plissken. <clears throat> Sorry. Who was given just 24 hours to rescue the President of the United States who has crash-landed in Manhattan, which is now a giant maximum security prison. The sequel, Escape from L.A., is basically the same thing. Um, Escape from Earth would have picked up with Snake Plissken right after the ending of Escape from L.A., which saw him activating a super weapon known as the uh, Sword of Damocles. Uh, the weapon ends all technological activity on the planet permanently, plunging Earth into a new dark age and concluding with Snake providing why or Snake proving why he is considered one of the greatest silver screen anti-heroes of all time as he lights a cigarette and says, Welcome to the human race. Sadly, Russell has dismissed the idea of returning to the role of Snake Plissken, believing it to be a young man's role. And while there have reportedly been plans to reboot Escape from New York for some time, Carpenter responded eagerly to the idea of any future Escape from project being led by Kurt Russell's son, Wyatt Russell, instead. So that would so be kind of interesting. I had no idea that Wyatt Russell was John Walker, a.k.a. Captain America. Yeah. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I mean, he looks, just, he looks just like young Kurt Russell, yeah. right? Like their he did a great job like, on that show. Yeah, he so, really did. Yeah, yeah. I had no idea that was his son. Like, yeah, you know, usually when you build someone like that and it, and they have a famous, you know, they usually go off that. It's like, well, this is Kurt Russell's yeah. son. Ooh, you know. Yeah. But they didn't even touch that. It was just like, no, this guy's just new. Yeah. But uh, it's he... funny how the universe works, man. I saw the clip a few nights ago of uh, him putting in the Earth code six six six. I yeah, watched that whole yeah, clip right. just like two nights ago. And here we are with more Escape from New York news. Like, Yeah. It's crazy, man. It's like they knew. You know? That's his son. Yeah. Yeah, he was great in Falcon Winter yeah, Soldier, man. Great job. Like, and he like he hit all of the high notes. Like He was playing the hero. Yeah. The bad guy. And then, you know. Then he redeemed himself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, show us all of the range he's got. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. He's been in a couple of things here, you know? He was in... Uh, oh, he's in that Overlord. Yeah, he was in that. Um, God, come on. Uh, he was in um, 22 Jump Street, Cold in July. Um. He's got some upcoming stuff. Let's see. I mean, he hasn't really. Yeah. But I oh, think he was that... in Escape from L.A. That's his first movie. Orphan Boy. Yeah. That's cool. Full circle, dude. He was in Soldier, too. Kurt Russell's in that, yeah. Let's bring your kid to work, Dave. Yeah, right. 
He played he played young Kurt Russell in that movie, which is pretty interesting, you know. Yeah. So. But yeah, I think that that's good casting, and I think that like, if they want to do it, now's the time to yeah, do it. It's time because. Yeah, because if if White is interested, you're still going to be able to get him fairly cheap right now. Oh yeah. Yeah, he was in Falcon Winter Soldier, but if they have big plans for him in the future in the Marvel yeah, the universe, then going up. his yeah, his tag is just going to continue to rise. So So yeah, I mean, and if John Carpenter is on board to do it, then why the hell not? Or at least like produce it and write it or whatever, whatever he yeah. does, wants to do. Um, and then we've got some more Carpenter news here. It says Carpenter would love to revisit the thing in a sequel with Kurt Russell. So John Carpenter is open to making a sequel to two of his most iconic 1980s efforts, the thing and Prince of darkness. Thanks to the recent emergence of so-called legacy sequels with 2018's Halloween being one of the most successful examples. Carpenter spoke with fandom about which of his other hits he would like to revisit. He said, maybe The Thing, maybe Prince of Darkness. I could see a little bit more of that, but we'll see. You never know in this business. You really don't. Now, don't get it twisted. Uh, Bloomhouse Productions currently working on a project based around The Thing, but this will reportedly be a reboot slash retelling rather than a follow-up. With this in mind, it seems that Carpenter is also open to exploring the further adventures of Kurt Russell's McCready in The Thing 2. Oh, man. Well... I just think that there's uh, another bit of story to tell there, which I'm not going to tell you about, but there have been some discussions about the thing and what we could do, because as far as we know, both those two main characters, Childs and McCready, are still alive. They were still alive at the end of the thing, so maybe they're still alive. Um, a sequel to the thing is surely something that fans of the cult horror classic would be very curious to see, but with Kurt Russell return, Carpenter seems to think it could happen. And then he said, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. Um, while the thing follows a group of American research scientists in remote Antarctica who stumble upon a parasitic extraterrestrial, Prince of Darkness similarly follows a small gang of quantum physics, physics students in Los Angeles who are asked to assist a Catholic priest in investigating an ancient cylinder of liquid discovered in a monastery, um, which they come to find is a, a sentient liquid embodiment of Satan. Prince of Darkness has been described by John Carpenter as the second installment in what the filmmaker calls his Apocalypse Trilogy, which begins with the thing and concludes with In the Mouth of Madness. And certainly, they all lend themselves to further explanation. Do you read Cutter Sane? Cutter Sane? Cutter, uh, Sutter Kane? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cutter Sane? I don't know. Sutter maybe. Kane? Yeah, I don't know. That's maybe. funny. They're like, you think he'd want to do it? I don't know. Maybe. And they're yeah. like, they're like he seems to think he'd want to do it. Dude, he <laughs> yeah. would do it. Yeah. If the script's know, right. there, you know he would come back. In between making There's those some... Santa Claus movies. Yeah. Well, to me, like, Mouth of Madness doesn't need a sequel. No. The thing doesn't need a sequel, in my opinion. Not really. I think, I think with them ending the film where those Childs and McCready are still alive and neither one of them know if the other one's the thing. Yeah. 
and then that being yeah then that yeah yeah exactly like going back Um, and like could fuck that up yeah exactly but there is one john carpenter property that i would absolutely love to see them do a sequel to now and that would be uh big trouble in little china oh yeah because you could have it be, you know, it was all about, you know, the Porkchop Express, Jack yep. Burton in this weird fucked up, like, you know, this crazy, like, story that he finds himself into. You pick up with Jack Burton, older, getting ready to retire, and he goes to another city. And instead of having it being based on, like, the Eastern, you know... Like I guess it would be what Chinese the mm-hmm. chi- that the Chinese like you know mythologies and like things that are going on there, and you just have it take place with a, a different culture. You know what I mean? Yeah, I had to and, look to and, make sure, but they were talking about doing another one, but it wasn't yeah, with Kurt Russell. No, nah, it was a Blaine remake Johnson. with The Rock, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is like, dude, fuck that. Yeah, that. Big, Big Trouble in Little China is perfect. Like dude, it is, they a can perfect go back film. and do like you know the thirty years later. Yeah, exactly. He's yeah. aged. It makes sense. Like, yeah, yeah, and they could even get some of that legacy cast back in there, along with Kurt Russell, and it's a whole new adventure. I mean, I commented on this thing on uh twitter a while back and it was this um movie um twitter page i don't remember what the name was of it was but it was like four photos from big trouble in little china and they're like how would you describe big trouble in little china right mm-hmm. and like the only way that i can describe big trouble in little china is it's like a this is what i put on the post it's a like a live action dungeons and dragons campaign because it's so over the top, it makes yeah. no fucking sense whenever you really break everything it down. You know what I mean? There's magic. There's all this. Yes, yes. And it's great. And that's, you can't add the rock to it and expect, you know, expect yeah. to make that better. Like, we the, don't have to put the rock is everything. Dude, well, the I rock, would say John Cena over him if Kurt Russell. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. The rock's great and everything. But it's Kurt Russell. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, don't, I mean. It's hard to see anybody else playing that role. Yeah. And it's hard, like, Bloomhouse is doing the thing fucking reboot again. It's already been done once. We did a Was It Worth It? Yeah. And that was really a prequel, but it hit the same beats as the original. Yeah. You know? It's the same movie. Yeah. And, and it was cool the way that they weaved in a lot of the imagery from the original into the prequel to kind of give it that cohesive feel to it but it was basically a retelling of that story now their bloomhouse is wanting to do a reboot slash remake of it and it's like you don't need it you have two versions of this film you had one that came out in what 83 and then you had one that came out in like 2011 like that's exactly when it came out i mean let's just leave it alone yeah Unless it's you're like, going to bring him in. And, and yeah, let's pick him. it up. That's the only way. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. But, um, 
Next up here, Francis Ford Coppola will finance his next film, Megalopolis, Megalopolis, with his own $120 million. So the Godfather director, Francis Ford Coppola, is planning to put up over $100 million of his own money to finance his dream project, Mega, Megalopolis. Uh, in the works for several years, Megalopolis is described as an ambitious love story akin to a Roman epic, but set in a timeless New York City. The film centers on an architect's dream of building a utopia after disaster ravages the city. Megalopolis has been uh, rejected by many studios over the years, but that hasn't deterred Coppola from making one last push. Uh, Megalopolis, they just try to put it in here as much as they can. Announced uh, officially announced last year with Coppola eyeing Oscar Isaac, Kate Blanchett, Mm -hmm. Forrest Whitaker, John Voight, uh, Zendaya, Michelle Pfeiffer, Jessica Lange, and James Can or James Con to star. It's been over a decade since Coppola's last film, Twixt, uh, was released, and the legendary filmmaker is eager to return to movies. Coppola says he wants to make a movie that'll be remembered for ages and one everybody will see at least once a year forever, like 1946's It's a Wonderful Life. Um, So he did an interview with uh, GQ, and he discussed his undertaking to bring to life his longtime passion project and how he is willing to spend a fortune if that's what it takes to make the film. This isn't the first time Coppola has self-financed a movie. He did the same with Apocalypse Now and One from the Heart with the latter's box office performance leaving him bankrupt. But he is willing to take that risk again. I mean, with a name like that, right... It really like, yeah, right. He's like, (laughs) can I be in the movie? He's like, uh, I'll have a role for you, man. Um, but I could, I could like Godfather has almost cemented that, right? Mm -hmm. Like Godfather is one of those films that you can revisit once a year. That is a timeless classic. You know what I mean? And like whenever you look at his filmography, it's like he has some bangers, dude. Yeah, dude. Like legit bangers. He's filmmaking royalty. Yeah. And it's like you're gonna you're gonna self finance. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm sure it's gonna be like a great film, you know? Yeah. But like 120 million is a lot, you know. It's worth four hundred. I well, didn't give that it up. Minute. I was like, "What is he worth?" Yeah. yeah. I mean, the Godfather. That's how much he Godfather believes in it. Too. Yeah. But it could be a bust. Yeah. It's like he's like you know a movie like It's a Wonderful Life, and it's like yeah, people don't really watch that anymore. Yeah. Not like they used to. No, I mean it's kind of. Life. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's kind of falling off. But you know? Apocalypse Now. Yeah, Godfather. I don't know. He's dude. a powerhouse of a director. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I'm interested to see, you know, what what comes of it. And like my thing is too is like he's been trying to sell this movie for years. Why can't he get like Apple, Netflix, Hulu? Like he could get someone to help finance the project. I mean, 
if I work at Netflix and Francis Ford yeah, Coppola, we're making it. He walks into the office and he's like, I want to make this movie called. And I'm like, don't say anything else. Here's a pile of yeah, cash. Here's a blank check. Yeah. Go make your movie, you know, go make your funny picture, you know, <laughs> like just do it's Francis Ford Coppola, dude. Yeah. I don't know. But I mean, it, this is kind of an interesting idea though. It's like, he's going to put his money up. He's going to make the film. Then he's going to find someone to like buy the rights to distribute it. Yeah. And then he'll take a higher percentage being, of course, being the director and being the investor of it. So that, if it's a banger, that may be one of the reasons why he wants to do it himself because like complete control. Yeah. No yeah. studio can tell him what to do. Yeah. He can actually make the movie he wants to make. I didn't know he self-financed, he wants, uh, you know, what you call it. I didn't know that he had financed Apocalypse Now, but sounds like that movie wouldn't have got made. If he I didn't, mean, and so. it, it needed to be made, you know, yeah. so. We wouldn't have got the smell of napalm quote, dude. Yeah. Great flick. Uh, last up here, Wayne's World 3 could take inspiration from Bill and Ted Face the Music. Mm. So but Wayne's should World... they? Yeah. Well, this... All right, so Wayne's World director Penelope Spheris has addressed the possible possibility of a third outing, suggesting that it could flow a similar path to recent slacker sequel, Bill and Ted Face the Music. In an interview with popculture.com, Spheris played it coy when discussing a potential Wayne's World 3, but did suggest that those fans who want to see it should send their request directly to Paramount. I don't know. This is what she said. I don't know. People send me storylines for Wayne's World 3, and my answer to them is, it's called intellectual property, guys, and that belongs to Paramount. So why don't you send your idea to Paramount? It seems uh, that fans of Mike Myers, Wayne, and Dana Carvey's Garth uh, have been sending Spheris their ideas for a long-awaited third movie, an idea that the filmmaker is on board with, With though, is the beloved duo as fathers in a similar vein to how Keanu Reeves and Alex uh, Winter returned for 2020's Bill and Ted Face the Music. People send me pictures. If they've got twins or something, they'll send me their kids dressed up as Wayne and Garth, a little three-year-old or whatever. It would be really cool to see young kids as uh, Wayne and Garth running around, but still have the older dads around. Uh, and then it goes into what it is and all this kind of stuff. So, I mean, Paramount doesn't want to touch the property, it sounds like. So, and I mean, does, I mean, well, maybe someone really, there like holds it near and dear to their heart. And yeah, they don't want to get yeah. fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. I mean, I didn't really think there needed to be a second one, but yeah. Um, but they shouldn't copy Bill and Ted because we just got that. Yeah, right. Now, yeah, that movie has pretty good scores online. Like on Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. it's like an eighty-three. But y'all, I got about thirty minutes into it, and I was like, "Not today." I, I, <laughs> Not I, I today. too watched it and was very, very underwhelmed. Yeah, it's big. The victory lap lasted all of about thirty minutes. 
I mean, sometimes it'd be like that, you know? Although I would say there's something funny to the idea of, like, say Wayne's trying to do his whole get get the band back together moment. Do another big, are there kids are trying to do a concert? Well, have, he hasn't seen Garth in a long time. And he goes and, like, knocks on the door or whatever. You don't see any real big revealing shots yet. But the door creeps open and you see Garth, his hair's all fucking crazy. It's Dana Carvey just like, what do you want? Or like, he looks like he's about to say it. And then he goes, what's up, man? And he brightens up and it's yeah. like a really nice fucking suburban home. Yeah, <laughs> like, like he's got his shit together. Yeah. And the kids. Well, like, dude, that brute really paid off, man. I could see like Wayne and Garth have moved past. They they did the public access. They they moved on to like network television, right? Um, they put the concert on. I could see them being podcasters, right? Yeah. They they moved like over a, from like a YouTube show. Yeah, yeah, having a YouTube show, doing like, um, Good Mythical Morning. Yeah, <laughs> type stuff, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But um, I could see them being like podcasters or something like that, and like they're they're still stuck in and this would be a really cool commentary on nostalgia right they're still stuck in that like early 90s you know or early to mid 90s like everything their 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 speech their quotes that they're using the references that they make they're still stuck in it and like they have kids they're married you know they have to like organize an event for like the school or something, you know, mm-hmm. and they kind of take tropes from, you know, from, from the first movie and the second movie and kind of mash them together where like they're podcasting, they're doing the podcasting thing. Maybe they get introduced to try to spread awareness. They're trying to start like a YouTube series or something, mm-hmm. you know, like a YouTube show. And that plays into like all of the stuff with the first movie then they're trying to organize an event for the for their kids and they're booking bands from that era. Yeah. And it's like we don't even like the half these bands are like, aren't nobody too... don't they don't even know who Aerosmith is. Yeah, exactly, right? They're like, "What?" Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they could do something really cool, you know, something really interesting there, but I don't know. I would say I out think... of all the Mike Myers shit, dude, it's time for another Austin Power movie. Yeah, it's I time. think so. Yeah. When when did the last one come out? Like 2003? Something like that. 2005 maybe? It like has it was been a minute. Yeah, it's it's been it's been a minute. So. But uh Trav, what did uh what are you going to rate Big Bug? Mm. Hmm. I mean, I hate to do it, guys, but you going no star? I'm, I'm going no star, man. <laughs> Adam called it. Yeah, I was like, I'm gonna try to give it no star. Yeah, Adam called it. Yeah, yeah I mean, it got so one. It got a star. That's it. Got a star. Yeah, and that's we're do being you... generous. Do you feel like if you would have watched this movie 15 years ago, the same exact movie that we got, right? Yeah. Do you think that you would have, it would have been on the shelf? 
I could absolutely have seen this movie be one of like one of those small stacks of movies that my wow. wife and I used to go around. Yeah, like there would be some places we'd go movie buying and they would have, you know, the more out there top films and stuff. And yeah, I could have seen this being one I would have grabbed up as an impulse buy. But granted, like that's still at a very cheap price. Yeah, like a two dollar buy. Yeah, and you know, the movies like this <clears throat> in general, they always have the problem of it's not that we've seen this movie before, but it's that we've been taken to like that 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 level of unsettling. Yeah. And it can only hold you for so long. Yeah. Absolutely. I would say, like, the way I've been explaining this movie to people, though, is it's like they took the music video for Black Hole Sun and made it a 90-minute movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, legit, though, right? Like, That's they even had a scene in that. there, like, where they're doing the close-ups of their faces. And the smile was all... close, like... Yeah, yeah the disturbing yeah. smile that the Vonics had, man. Yeah. Like, I'm sitting there just like... Mm-hmm, you know, just fucking... Just... <laughs> Watching you could straight the, recut a music thing. video with this movie. Yeah, for real. Might um, be a new project, you know? Yeah, absolutely. If this movie had beaten a lot of other movies to the punch, then I probably would have been like, yeah, man, watch this. But unfortunately, it is what it is. Yeah. It is what it is. Well, y'all want to do... Uh... You want to do some trailers here? We got a pretty sure. good little little lineup here of the trailers. What's this Elvis? You Elvis movie? Supper Summer Grandma Man. That's what um Tom Hanks plays Colonel Tom Parker. Remember that's what he was filming in Australia when he got COVID. Oh yeah, that's they were right. Down there yeah. Oh, is this, the is this the one about him doing the army stuff, his stunt in the army or whatever? Or that's that's a highlight. It, that's might, be... it might be in there, but. They're kind of, it's like they're finally doing, you know how you got like the Johnny Cash movie, the Ray. They're finally yeah. doing an Elvis movie like that, like a big budget. Oh, okay. Biopic? Um, I can't remember the filmmaker's name, but he's like a huge Elvis fan. Uh, I was watching like little updates from them as they were working on it. Yeah. Because we just don't have one of those. Like they've made movies, but not with this kind of budget and. And not like with having the rights to everything to use it, and yeah, yeah. You know when you watch those damn biopics where they can't even use the fucking music. Yeah, the that uh, Jimi Hendrix one. Yeah, that was a. I mean, that wasn't a bad fucking <laughs> movie. Love either. use the music. The yeah, the one they made about uh, Nirvana could use one yeah. tune. I've been waiting on this for about two years. Yeah, we've been talking about it for a minute, right? Yeah. I'm ready, man. Let's uh, fucking... Yeah. I'm hoping it's good, but the best Elvis movie is that one that Showtime made. Elvis meets Nixon? Yes. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, that we'll shit's fucking on there. We'll put them like, sure we the sprinkles on them, man. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we need to do that on the pod sometime, it's man. It's fucking great. But yeah, let's peep it already. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm ready. Hold on, let me turn this down. 
All right, three, two, one, play. Is that a scars guard? He looks familiar. Austin Butler. See, we're getting the proper origin. Yeah. Ah, that's Tex. Oh, it is. It is. Yeah, that's where I recognize him from. Got the voice. Harvey Cotto. He's got the voice now. Piece of shit. Elvis never played a show outside the U.S. That's fucking nuts. Really? Not one, because Mr. Colonel Tom Parker there was an illegal immigrant. And he didn't have papers. Ah, he was, and it's like, well, you don't have to go to every show. And he's like, he was the one that collected the money. Yeah, of course, you know. But that's just crazy to think he never played outside the U.S. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. I can't wait to see that, man. It looks. You know what I'm yeah, saying, it looks, it looks, it looks, it looks, it looks yeah. like they threw some money on it for sure. Yeah, 
and the dude's kind of got the look and yeah. the voice like he kind of looks like um dude from true detective from season two taylor kitsch yeah that's his name yeah i i could say where you, yeah i could say that i looks like him but he was in uh once upon a time in hollywood x yeah, he was something stupid the, like the, Rex or Yeah. The kid on the horse. Oh, okay. Yeah. Either way, it looks like it'll looks like it'll be it's gonna be interesting seeing seeing the dynamic between him and him and that manager. Yeah. I mean I don't I mean, know Tom, a lot about Tom Hanks it. going full body suit. Yeah. But uh, like that's I why mean, he what... got stuck in uh, Vegas doing all those Vegas shows. Uh, Colonel Tom would go out and uh, gamble mm-hmm. and rack up debt, and then he would and promise more shows. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's fucked. So he's he's a piece of shit. He is a like, piece is of that... shit, but he did break him out. Right. He was uh, Hank Snow's manager, and that's why Elvis wanted to work with him because like Hank Snow blew up. Yeah. You know, big, you know. So, but he never turned his back on him. Like, I was really? stuck with him, like. Huh. Yeah, I'm interested, man. We're, we've gotten some pretty pretty good biopics the last couple of years. And yeah. this looks like it's going to be another banger, man. Might have to go fucking peep that at the Thurter, you know? The Thurter. What's this black crab about? I think I had that in high school. Uh, you had black crab? Yeah. I don't know where they came from. I think Man. I watched a show of a band called Black Crab one time. We're black crab. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> but yeah, I'm ready for this. All right. Yep. He's got the chick from Prometheus. Naomi? Prometheus. And uh, I guess I could say lamb. Right, yeah. Three, two, one, play. So it's got a lamb in it? Mama Lamb. Mm. Is this the Ukraine? Too soon. <laughs> <laughs> this looks scary. What the fuck? Whoa. Is there going to be like some. Oh, I was going to say. Like we're out there to fight a big black crowd. Soldiers on ice. From the people who brought you Call of Duty Modern Warfare. From the producers of Cats. And a Jerry Bruckheimer production. It's only the beginning. Oh. Whoa. Damn. Bunch of yeah. Ada. Yeah. Ada. Excuse me. Ooh, that's cold. 
Unlock the new Nomi Rapay skin for Call of Duty Warzone. Black Crab. Get the new epic Black Crab bundle. Only in the in-game store. Looks pretty interesting, though. I'd pay 2000 for her skin. Ooh. All right, Ed Gain. Make a shoe hole and that is. All right, we've got some Chris Pine in over here. Chris Pine. I've been pining for a minute, you know. Chris Pine and Dollar General Jack Reacher. Hey, what's up, Pine? I mean, here's, here's the thing, man. Like, okay, his role in Wonder Woman was okay, and then it got real weird in that second one. When yeah. are they going to get him in Marvel? You know, he's definitely superhero material. I mean, we've got a look. Well, I did read that we're gonna that the uh, the next installment of his Star Trek series is gonna get it's got the green light mm-hmm. and it's very much in production. So, is we, Simon or we have some more James Kirk to look forward to from him? So is, that's something. Is Peg writing it? Uh, apparently, the whole team's back. Man, Good. Okay. They can't make one without him. Peg. And if anybody you know, else tries to make one, he's like, "You'll do nothing. <laughs> You'll do nothing. It's my franchise. You'll do nothing." I have to bring it up since you mentioned Discount Jack Reacher. Y'all know that new Reacher show that's on Amazon? Jack Reacher around? Yeah. yeah. So I watched the first episode with my grandparents, and they went on to watch it all, finish it. So I, I was thinking about watching some more of it the other night, but I like. I text my grandfather and I was like, hey, did you finish that show? And he's like, yeah, all eight episodes. And I said, I was thinking about firing it up, but let me just ask, like, is it going to get woke? Because if it is, I don't even want to waste my time. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And he said, it's the most unwoke thing I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And I was like, all right. (laughs) Fired it up. That's fucking great. That is fucking. Uh, I did funny. enjoy the first episode. I like the guy that plays that, him. He's big. Yes, dude. They said he's the, they they said he looks like a uh, Lou Ferrigno kind of, and he is. He's big like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, we could do a little whole TV series here. That boy, that boy. <laughs> All right, let's do some contract contractor. Is he a home renovator? Contracting. Uh, three two one play military contractor that's saying that Ben Foster it is he's a really he's a he's an underrated actor I'd say yeah. Fucking.
<laughs> yeah. We saw what Fauci did. Hell, Fauci. <laughs> ben Foster's really good in alpha dogs. Seeing hell or high water with him? Yeah. That was a fucking incredible movie. Let him. I mean, I mean, for what it, for what it's about, it looks good. Yeah. Contracting. I'd rather watch that than uh, what was it, Steven Seagal film, Under where Steve. he like never left. Where he left, he never left the chair. Like every shot was him in a chair. I mean, that's been every one of them in the past like ten years. <laughs> yeah, true. He always Have looks like seen he's how... looking at the sun. Yeah. <laughs> or like he, he just got, or he just looked at you from looking at the sun. Like oh he's, my god, he's taking in all the, all the retina blindness, or whatever. Have uh, have y'all seen Hell or High Water? I have. Mm, yes. I got really like that. Oh, dude, in it. Yeah, it's got fucking Jeff Basket. Bridges. Yeah, that was that was a fucking great movie. I thought. Yeah. It's been a while. I know we might have to fucking pot it sometime. You know. I'm so, so excited we got... to see this. <laughs> Yeah, we've got a fucking. Uh, is this a real trailer for this? Yeah. We've got a taser, right? Mm-hmm. I'm ready for it, dude. Planting. All right. Three, two, one. Play. It's going to be so good. <laughs> Crazy on you.
Swashbuckling. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Jesus Christ, look at the crew. <laughs> this can't be funny. That's going to be fucking genius, man. Brilliant. Brilliant. Brilliance. <laughs> the Nan. Well, Warner Brothers remember. UK. I can't remember her name, but she was on uh, Doctor Who. The the redhead, early season. Um, oh fuck! I can't remember her name, but she's playing the Nan here. Oh, is she? Yeah. So she's gonna be annoying That's as fuck. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's fucking see what this. Let's see what this is all about. Three, two, one, play. Oh, God. They made her look fucking 80 years old. Yeah. <laughs> what I've seen that dude in, but he's he's funny. There must be a show or something because they're saying it's coming to the big screen. Yeah.
<laughs> All right. Isn't it, though? You know? It was a show. How long did like it a, run? It's like a spinoff character she did, so there's only like four episodes. Oh, but she's she had the big screen. Catherine Tate's some kind of like variety show. Yeah. I think it was some kind of spinoff of that. Fucking Nan, dude. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, you know. I, I mean, I, I'd hang out with her, you know, isn't it? <laughs> so. You know that laugh. <laughs> I mean, you tell the difference between her and a dolphin. Yeah, right. It's speaking to me. Or like a card stuck in the wheel of a bicycle. Yeah. All right. Well, Panama. Is this a biopic about Van Halen? It's much serious than that. <laughs> oh, okay. But perhaps. Oh, it's got fucking Gibson in it. It's got the gib in it. I don't even know you're gonna call him Gib. This this comment says if Gibson does about ten more of these, he can team up with Bruce Willis. Oh, <laughs> oh that's rough. All you need to know. Yeah, right. Here we go. Three, two, one, play. My how the mighty have fallen. He's like a fixer. I like him more than I do Willis, though. Yeah. Welcome to the jungle. That's funny they didn't know. <laughs> Who the fuck makes this goddamn trailer? Did you see that guy's comment? He said, can't decide if it should be considered for worse sound mix in a trailer or worse song in a trailer. It's the fucking mix, man. Yeah, it sounds like shit. Distorted. Yeah. Yeah, keep that thing under 15, man. I mean, I would rather watch that over like the last fucking 15 Bruce Willis trailers that we've watched. If I saw that on and I saw it was Mel Gibson, I would watch it. If I saw it on and I saw that it had fucking Bruce Willis in it, I'd probably just like Mine. pass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, I think I probably just wouldn't watch TV that day. I mean, Gibson's got charm. Got pan ass. Yeah. All right. We got a serious fucking. What's that movie uh, you were Sandler. talking about? Well, serious Sandler. Yeah. <laughs> 
let's fucking let's see how serious it gets. Three, two, one, play. I bet on this game. Yeah. Not really a basket. I mean, it's all right. Yeah, I mean, it's okay. Wouldn't say I love it, you know? Yeah. The twin. They are twins. Yeah. <laughs> huh? They both, if they want ice cream, they both say yes. How in the hell? They're twins. They're twins. That's how. Yeah, I don't think this is going to have Danny DeVito or Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> it might. What if it's just Arnold Schwarzenegger? And he's like, where's my twin? Doing the movie <laughs> for Shada. Anyway. Let's right, do it. Three, two, one, play. Don't go in there. And that's where they kept him. Do you? Creepy ass looking house. Let me guess the spirits infused to the crown molding in this one. That would be creepy, though. Bodies like sheep to the red. Well, wait. Hmm. Looks like a movie you'll figure out pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah. But people will like tell you to their blue in the face. You won't guess the ending, bro. 
I'm gonna guess you it won't guess out. it. Both of the kids died. Yeah, right. And that's, I guess, a ghost you see. A ghost kid? Probably be a better The man kid. who fell to Earth. Welcome to Earth. Earth or nothing. Looks like a good remake. Let's see. Yeah, let's fucking. Let's do nice it. Thumbnail choice. Yeah, right. Three, two, one, play. Mini trailer before the trailer. The man who fell to earth. So much optimism. Always pressure washing. Mm -hmm. It's the star man. Yeah, you need help. You need some milk. Yeah, right. I remake it. Is he talking about like ET or something? That'll do, pig. Listen, that's a TV show. Yeah, that's what it looks like. It looks like a potential. Yeah. Original had Bowie in it. That's funny. Rip Torn. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's in 1976. Was it worth it? Are we going to do it? Mm. <laughs> we got the red right, we got... trailer. Oh, are they going to say fuck? Yeah. All right, let's do it. I saw like the Is first Jack... few, li the little, you'll see. The <laughs> over the topness, dude. Yeah, yeah. Hell it. yeah. Let's do it. All right, three, two, one, play.
<laughs> that was Jesus. <laughs> it looks like a sailing goose time, dude. Yeah, it does. That's so random, dude. It's just, I can't believe that movie is real. And it doesn't have Jack Black in it. Yeah, that we know of. Yeah. Yeah. All right, pieces of her. This is a chick from Hereditary, right? Uh, Yeah, it's her. Yeah, Tony Coletti. Ugh. Okay. I guess she's going to be freaking out like 50% to to 90% of the film, right? Either that or like she can't get any sleep. She's stressing. Yeah, or she's drunk. She's only got three modes. Let's, let's see what's happening here. Right, three, two, one, play. This is... The ring. Some damn good VHS quality. Yeah. Hmm. No. We will simply sip our wine and sit in awkward silences. Oh, looks like a movie. Yeah. Looks like a movie. Not buying her some kind of secret agent. I don't. Did we ever watch this? Because this came out in December of 2021. I don't recognize it. Yeah, I don't know. 
is this uh, about Call of Duty? RNG? Ready? I don't know. I'm ready. Three, two, one, play. What? All right. <laughs> I can't believe he got that head and that helmet. <laughs> I know, dude. It's exactly what I was thinking. You're done when we say you're done. It looks like MacGyver. Yeah, right. Oh, it's that place in California. <laughs> oh, bear trap. Get out of here, too. I'm going to hobble like hell. This is the movie about that guy that was driving that armored truck. <laughs> Got a cheekiness to it. I mean, it looks, what the uh, fuck is this movie about? Running and gunning, dude. Okay. Just making sure I didn't miss something. I didn't see him running, but he was gunning a little bit. Oh, man. So what are we going to watch next week? That is the question. Oh, we got on the slab. Um, All stuff's out. The new chain, Texas out, Chainsaw. Pizza, yeah. Texas Chainsaw. I mean, I'm in the mood for anything, you know? I'm especially in the mood for love. You know what I mean? I don't know. I just, you know? I haven't seen any of the reviews on Texas Chainsaw yet. I mean, I, I've heard that they're dragging it through the mud. Are they? Yeah. I've heard the same. Unfortunate. But, uh, I mean, I think that that's where we come in, though. You know? 
every time we watch something and everybody's like, this is fucking dumb. I'm like, have you seen some of the things that we've watched on this podcast? Have you seen Necromantic? This one guy said he thought it was a good movie. He said, it's a gore movie. Lots of fun. Thanks for well done. He said it's not a story. Uh, Not a story. It's some slasher fun, which is kind of what it should be. Yeah. When it comes to, I'm down to yeah. watch it if y'all want to watch it. Yeah. I'm cool. Trailer look good. Yeah, that's that's perfectly okay with me. I mean, we've watched almost all the other Chainsaw Massacre films, so I mean, it's gotta be well better than that last one. Yeah, I mean that bar was so low on the ground you couldn't even fucking you couldn't even fucking like that shit was straight rebar, dude. It It was bad. Was it Leatherface? Yeah, it's called Leatherface. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure. I feel like if I feel like it, it was one of those movies I tried to make myself like, but yeah, it was bad. Well, they fucked it up, dude. Like the the one kid that you're like, that's got to be Leatherface, right? This fucking merc, you know, merciless badass over here, and it's like, no, he nice. he dies crying. Let me put yeah. on my belted mask. Yeah, and become but, uh, Star Man. Star Man. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, we get, um, when does uh, Moon Knight? Comes out in March, right? Let's see. Moon, I can't spell. Moon cannot. So, yeah, we've got a couple of weeks here where we can just fucking ham some, hammer some movies out and before we get into the meat nuts and bolts. Yeah, the meat and taters, nuts and bolts. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Moon and night. All right, that's it.